And let's pick up tonight in uh, Matthew 24, 35. You might wonder why sometimes I go back over things. It's because I need it. And I figure if I need it, you need it. And we need to get certain things cemented into our hearts. Jesus said, Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now, when he said that, he was simply stating a matter of fact. The heavens as we know them up above us, I'm not talking about the distant star systems, but the heavens above us as we know them, they'll pass away. This earth will pass away. The, the elements will melt. That's at least 1,007 years from now. But it's all, it's all passing away. In fact, everything on this earth passes away. Every tree, every shrub, every critter, every human being, everything on this earth. It's the nature of the earth. And we need to discipline ourselves to live our lives in the light of that reality. But my point is, you know, this old earth has been around for how long? And yet it's going to pass away. But Jesus said that his words will never pass away. So think about it. The word of God is the only thing that you will ever encounter in your lifetime that will never pass away. I'm talking about something that we come in contact with. I'm not talking about people. Uh, you know, I know people don't want to hear this, but critters, when they pass away, they're gone, just like a tree. But human beings, they don't have an end to them. They have eternity in their souls and in their spirit man. So, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about aside from people, everything is going to be, it's going to pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. But Jesus said, my words will never pass away. Now, why is that such a big deal? And why are we going over this again? Because I, I am concerned that we have not really gotten this cemented down into our hearts. And the brutal, horrible reality is we're so used to being lied to. I mean, we are. Doesn't matter what politician, doesn't matter what political party, the news. How about the news? I mean, we are so used to being lied to that when you come up to something that is eternal truth, it can almost be a little daunting to handle it, to cope with it, to deal with it. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1.23, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. So the living and enduring word of God is an imperishable seed. And you think about it. John Osteen used to talk about how that the word of God is like polished arrows. And there are arrows in the word of God that, you, that can be shot at sickness. And there are arrows in the Word of God that can be shot at habits. In other words, the Word of God is an imperishable seed. And our situation is, no matter, no matter what we're facing, if we just get the Word of God on our situation, then it will bring health, it will bring healing, it will bring forgiveness, whatever we need. When it says living, enduring Word, in the Greek it reads Zantos Logos living word. So the word of God lives and it should not just live. It should live in you and it should live in me. But see, the point is, I mean, think about this thing, this thing that we call the Bible. <laughs> you know, when, 
When I got saved at Nevada and Van Dyke in Detroit, Michigan in 1960, they, get, they didn't produce a Bible out of nowhere. The Bible had already been. When I was born, the Bible already was. So the task then is for me to do something with it. Can you see that? And the Bible's available to everybody. You know, before the Gutenberg Press, the only people that could have had a Bible would have been very, very rich people because every copy had to be hand-copied. And who, who has the money to pay for that? I mean, can you imagine even in 2023, what would it cost to have somebody copy something as thick as the Bible, word for word, and do it accurately? Well, it'd be, it'd be very expensive. And so, but now we have the Bible everywhere. It's on all of our internet devices. The Bible's everywhere. And Jesus said that the gospel would be preached to every creature. And somebody might say, yeah, but you know, they, they limit the internet in the Middle East and other places. Well, we, we get communications from the Middle East from uh, our broadcasts. So the, the word of God has been published. Amen? And man is without excuse. But it's, it's not just the word of God. It ought to be a living word. But see, whether it's a living word in me, whether it's a living word in you, that's our responsibility. See, God's done his part. So it's a living word in me if I allow it to be a living word in me. You know, the Bible doesn't do anybody any good on the dashboard. The Bible doesn't do anybody any good. I imagine everybody here, probably, probably at least half of us have a family Bible. You know, the great big honking Bible that, you know, you put on your coffee table. Well, nobody looks at such a book. It's just there to record marriages in or because somebody gave it to you. But my point is, it does, no, it does no good. In other words, sitting on the coffee table, nobody gets healed, nobody gets saved, nobody gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. Something has to be done with it. For the Word of God to have power, something's got to be done with the Word of God. Jeremiah one twelve, King James then said, The Lord unto me thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. I like the Amplified there. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. But you know, my prayer life is constantly evolving. I, I get to a point in my life where I think this is it. I'm going to pray this way to the end. And then it changes again. But I would say now, at least two, two thirds of the time I spend in prayer, I'm, reciting, I'm rehearsing his word back to him. And part of it is because of Jeremiah 1.12. Because he doesn't say, that he's actively watching over my opinion, my theory, my idea. Uh, no offense, but he's not actively watching over what Sue told me to do. He's watching over his word to fulfill it. That's what's got the power. His word's got the power. And isn't it amazing that in 2023, that not only is the word hated by the culture, but how many ministers have abandoned the word? in 2023 and the word of God is not spoken in many churches for fear of offending people and if there's any ministers watching tonight all those people you're afraid of they're going to pass away but the word of God will never pass away amen. amen and our job if we're truly called to be men of God our job is not to please the people our job is to please God amen. our job is to win people Amen. And how are you going to win people if you're just trying to please people? 
Psalm 138.2. This is a fascinating verse. And here I have the New King James Version. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified, you have exalted your word above all your name. And of course, you know, even this morning, I, now I'm, I'm starting every day in prayer and I'm, I'm taking one third of the time, whatever length of time I pray, I'm, I'm taking one third of the time and I'm entering his gates with thanksgiving and I'm entering his courts with praise. I'm not, I'm not asking him for anything. I'm not, be, I'm not believing him for anything. I just spend a third of the time worshiping him and loving on him and telling him how much I am grateful for his loving kindness and his veracity and all of his other attributes. And part of that is his names. You know, I thank God that he called himself Jehovah Nissi. He's the Lord God, my banner. He's my victory. I thank God that he called himself Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord God, my healer. I thank God. I don't know about you, but I thank God he called himself Jehovah Sid Canoe. He's my righteousness. You know, in and of myself, I don't, I don't feel very righteous a lot of times, but he's my righteousness. He's made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He is my Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord God, my provider. He's El Shaddai. He's more than I need. But think about what David says. You have magnified, you have exalted your word above all your name. So his name, he has magnified, excuse me, his word, he has magnified even over his name. His word, he has exalted even over his names. And, and this is frankly hard for us to get our mind around because <laughs> we're so used to being lied to. This is like 20, 2020 is when it really came to our attention, but we're like, we're like Isaiah. He said, Father, I, I li I'm, a, I'm a liar and I live in a land of liars. And that's kind of where we are. I mean, you know, do you want to be lied to by... Let's go home after church. What are we going to watch? Well, do you want to be lied to by CNN? Or do you want to be lied to by MSNBC? Or do you want to be lied to by Fox News? I mean, you know, pick, pick your poison. But, you know, it's lies. It's all lies. There may, be, there may be a grain of truth in here or there just to hold your attention a little bit. But it's just lies, just lies, just lies, just lies. It's just lies. I mean, just the other day, the CDC director testified before Congress that, you know, the shots never prevented transmission. They never prevented uh, someone from getting COVID. Well, what was it all about? What was it all about? What was it all about? All the fear, all the paranoia. What was it all about? It's about, it's, a, it's what man does to man. It's about control. It's about manipulation. It's about the money. Amen. Unfortunately. Yeah, but pastor... <laughs> Aren't you going to receive an offering at the end of this service? Yeah, but we're not going to mandate it. Or we're not going to like hold you hostage until you, you better give by God or we're not going to let you go home. And then we're not going to demand a, a second offering and a third offering and a fourth offering and a fifth offering before you leave. Are you hearing me? It's what they call free will. Amen. I like that free will thing. Amen. David said, you have magnified or exalted your word above all your name. And then we have Numbers 23, 19. I love this stuff. Pastor, why do you go over this stuff like over and over? Because I need it. 
God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? See, he's not a man. He, he doesn't act like a man. He doesn't talk like a man. He doesn't change his mind on Thursday and then change his mind again on Friday. You can count on God. You can count on what God has said. John 17, 17, Jesus praying said, Father, thy word is truth. So every morning I start out like this. Father God, your word is true. Father God, your word is true. Father God, you are true. Father God, your word is good. Father God, you are good. I rehearse it. <laughs> he knows all that. I'm rehearsing it for my sake. Amen. To get, to get my spiritual posture correct as I enter his gates with thanksgiving and as I enter his courts with praise. Jesus, the son of God, prayed, Father, thy word is truth. Psalm 146, or let's go back to Psalm 89, 34. God said through David, I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. See, and so he's not at all like us. <laughs> We've all done this, you know. Uh, it was so great before technology, you know. I learned my lesson, but anyway, I'd, I'd write a letter, you know, and I'd stick it in the drawer for a day or two or three. And then maybe I'd, I'd, maybe then I'd mail it, maybe I would not. But now you can just hit one button and really mess yourself up. You know, uh, telling, giving your boss a piece of your mind or telling somebody what you think, right? Am I right? Just, just you know, hit the wrong thing. Oh my goodness. I think we've all hit send and, and regretted it. Amen. Probably instantly. Hallelujah. But God says, see, God doesn't do the oops. You know, there's no oops with God. I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. Remember, we had a president of the United States actually testify well, that depends on what your definition of is is. I mean, it's just, this is man. This is what man does. Man, this is what man does. You know, man, man uh, connives, man schemes, man plots, man obfuscates, man, you know, throws shade on what even he himself has said. But with God, the Bible says there's no shadow of turning. When he says it, that's it. For all of eternity. It's pretty staggering. Aren't you glad, aren't you glad, aren't you glad that a lot of what we have said is under the blood of Jesus and has been cast into the depths of the sea never to be remembered again. But see, what God says is not like that. It's out there and it's forever. And he doesn't change. And there's no oops. There's no... Uh, crawfishing. There's no backing up off what he has said. And 2020 to 2023 should have made plain to us how safe it is to trust the word of this almighty God versus the word of man. Psalm 146.3 says, do not put your trust in princes and mortal men who cannot save you. You know, when I got done with the 2023 Holy Week revival, I told Sue, I think really all God ever wanted was for us to love him and to believe him. It's really not that big a thing. 
I mean, really, when you think about it. He wants us to love him, and he wants us to believe him. And we dealt with this last Wednesday night, that we'll go do 100 things, and then we'll try and believe him. Well, that doesn't really seem to work out so well. The thing to do is just believe him right up front. God speaks, you see, and then God sets a watch over his own word to see that it is made good as we trust it, as we take action upon it. Jeremiah 112 Amplified, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. Or the King James says, to perform it. So God is watching out over his word. Now, I learned from Dr. Frederick Casey Price, one of my fathers in the faith, that this is why it is so critical that you make your word come to pass. And I, when I heard this from Dr. Price, I was a fanatic on it anyway, but then I, become, I became like a double fanatic on it, that my word is my bond. That's old school. That's all gone in the culture. That's all gone. Because somebody come to your house and they say, you know, you hire somebody to fix something and they tell you this or they tell you that. It doesn't matter what anybody says in 2023, you know, because the, the whole idea of their word is their bond, that's gone. But you and I are children of the king and we ought not be liars and we ought not be giving people all kinds of flatulence out of our mouths uh, to make them happy or sell them something or whatever. In other words, if you tell somebody you're going to do something, you ought to do it. And then if you can't do it or can't do it when you said you'd do it, then go back to them and say, when I told you thus and so, I fully intended to get this done or get this paid by this time frame. And I ask your forgiveness. If you're talking to somebody who's not saved, not born again, they don't understand that language, you have to say, I apologize, and, uh, but I'm going to take care of this and then get it done. Amen. I make my word come to pass. I'm a fanatic on it. I make my word. That's why I, I don't go out giving my word, here, you know, uh, yonder and hither. I don't just open my mouth and make promises because I have to make my word come to pass. Now, the reason that's important is then when I go to God, <laughs> and, you, and I'm not talking about it in the wrong attitude, but when I go to God, sometimes, not a lot, but sometimes, I'll say to him, I'm just a man and I make my word come to pass so I know your word is good and I know I can count on you and I can count on your word. Can I get an amen? amen. See, I'm just a man and I make my word come to pass. Amen. And uh, so don't be making people empty promises and I realize, I realize and this happened to us probably in things ministry related more than anything else but there were times I would tell Austin or Christina you know, we'll do this Saturday or, you know, we'll go do that. And then somebody die and a funeral gets on the calendar. And I'd have to go to Austin. I'd have to go to Christina. I told you we would do that, but I can't because this has come up. I got to take care of this. And so I ask your forgiveness. You would ask your children for forgiveness? Well, absolutely, because I'm a doer of the word of God. You know, the Bible doesn't say, uh, you know, to... that that you're supposed to uh, ask somebody's forgiveness except your kids, forget about them, or forget about your wife. You don't have to ask her forgiveness or your husband. Don't worry about him. No, no, no. If, you, if your brother has ought against you, actually before you give an offering, you ought, to make it, you ought to make it right. 
And that right there is a, is a reason why offerings maybe don't have the traction they ought to have. And so, you know, even with, even with our children, you know, we would ask their forgiveness. Amen. And make it right with a husband, with a wife. Yeah, make it right. Peter says that's why uh, prayers go unanswered among married folk because, you know, you, you go to bed angry. One minister said, fight all day, then make up at night, and then go to bed. Amen. He was being facetious. But the point is, you can laugh. That's okay. The point is, don't let the sun go down. Peter said in the King James, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, you know, get it straight. Amen. And then besides, you know, there's, there's no guarantee you're going to make it till morning. So, uh, you know, make it right. Amen. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, let me ask you seriously. If we, just did, if we just did a survey of Christians in the United States of America, what percentage would you guess it could be said of them that the word of God dwells in them richly? I think it would be embarrassing. But Paul writes, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. So that word of God dwells in you to the measure that you practice it. See, if, how, how in the world can the word of God dwell in me richly if I don't have ears for it? And that's the new thing with churches. Don't talk about anything, you know, that could offend anybody. Well, that means you can't talk about the Bible, which explains why a lot of these ministers don't have any more Bible in their sermons. That's not my problem. You know, if somebody gets offended, I mean, I don't purposely, generally, I don't purposely, you know, uh, try and offend people. But the point is, this is what, re this is what the gospel is. John, John the baptizer came preaching, repent or perish. Then Jesus came preaching, repent or perish. This is the gospel. And so anybody hear God? Let me see your hand. Is God here tonight? God, is God here tonight? I don't think so. Which means you have to repent. Right? Some of you may be married to somebody who thinks they're God, but they're not. So if we're not God, well, we have to repent. This is just, this just common sense. So somebody say, well, I'm going to go to a church where I never get offended. Well, you're going to go to a church where your soul's in jeopardy. Because all of us have areas in our lives that need, you know, clean up on aisle 13. We need, some, we need to get something cleaned up. All of us. Every one of us. Without exception. Amen. And uh, how about this? The Bible says that if a man controls his tongue, that man is a perfect man. I'll tell you what I know. There's nobody perfect here tonight because as much as I work on the tongue, <laughs> I am like a light year away from being perfect on the tongue. But the Bible says if a man can control his tongue, that's a perfect man. Well, I don't think we're there yet. So my point is that, of course, we have to repent. Of course, we have to ask forgiveness. Of course, of course, of course. See, the Word of God dwells in you richly to the measure that you practice it. 
You may have committed it to memory, but if you don't put it into practice, then it doesn't do you any good. Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word, the logos of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So we, are, we, we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the logos coming out of our mouth. Think about, think about what he's saying here. We overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the logos, not rhema, the logos, the written word of God coming out of our mouth. And that word logos is Jesus, a synonym for Jesus, because John 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And Revelation 12, 11 tells us that the saints overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the logos of their testimony. That is with Jesus' words on their lips. When I say that, when I act upon the word of God and say that, when I take action on the word of God and say that, it's the word of God. It's the logos of God on my lips. And the Lord is watching over his word. He's not watching over my idea, my theory, my opinion. He's watching over his word. It is his living word, his logos word. It is Jesus living in me, and I stand by it. I stand by his word, his living logos. His word, his living logos is my confession, and I maintain it. You see how everything in 2023 in the culture is geared to getting you to agree with a lie. It's all around us. Getting you to agree with a lie. I stand upon his word, and as I stand upon his word, his living logos word, he watches over his word to perform it in my life. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, this is the confidence. Everybody shout confidence. confidence. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, and how do we know his will? His word, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, I love it, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. The Bible talks about asking amiss in the book of James. And so we can ask amiss. But if we pray according to the logos, if we pray according to the written word of God, we cannot ask amiss. Now, Father God is willing to do this in every believer, but not every believer takes this position of faith on his word. And this is the concept that I want to end with tonight, and it is a brutal truth. I'm telling you, it is, frankly, horrifying. We are without excuse. He has given us his word. And since the invention of the Gutenberg Press, everybody in the world, with any means at all, has had access to a Bible. In our generation, with the internet, everybody has access to a Bible. Before the internet, anybody, they don't do it anymore, can't buy it, buy it in a drugstore anymore, but I'm old enough to remember when you could go to any drugstore and buy a Bible. I'm old enough to remember you could check into any hotel anywhere and there would be a Bible in the nightstand. And so my point is that everybody now has been given the same opportunity. See, in Jesus' day, the only copies of the Old Testament were in the synagogues and rich folks who might have had the ability to have hand copies made for them to have at home. Because you read the Old Testament, and I think in some ways we can be unkind and unfair in our judgment when we read the Old Testament. You read 2 Kings, you read 2 Chronicles, and, and frankly, if you're like me, 
I read 2 Kings, 2 Chronicles, I think, how in God's name could they do this? But remember King Josiah. They were doing some repairs on the temple, and they found the law of Moses. And they brought him the scrolls, and he had them read the scrolls, and he tore his robes, and he repented. And it, it was really not until that moment in time. He was a good king to begin with. But it was not until that moment in time that he realized how far astray they had gone from what the requirements of God are. The requirements of God. And people, don't, people get offended at this. But look, just try and go to a grocery store, even in 2023, with no shoes on. They're going to run you out. See, there are requirements all around us. We don't even think about it. We just do what they say. Just try going to see a doctor in 2023 and exercising your free will. Forget that. There's no free will. And you, you got to, you know, uh, socially distance and wear a mask, even though we're three years past all that. I mean, but, and we don't even think about it. We comply, we comply, we comply, we comply, we comply. But when we come to God, people have this theory, this idea, this opinion that they can, do any, they can approach God any way they want. They can do whatever they want. God's going to treat us all equally, it, it, no matter what we do, no matter what we live. No ma but it, this is all a canard. Say it out loud. He's God. He's God. And I'm not. And so, if I, want, if I want to receive from him, and that's what we're doing on, on Wednesday nights, prayer and faith. I'm not talking about lying to ourselves. You know, if I want to lie to myself, you know, that's like, that's like when you get on the scale in the morning and you look down there and you lean against the wall. <laughs> See, we can do that, but... If I record that number, who am I lying to? I'm relying to myself. And there's a lot of lying to ourselves going on in these United States. You know, my grandson's got some Superman pajamas, so he puts on those Superman pajamas, but that didn't make him Superman. But that is literally the level of insanity that we are seeing in these United States. People playing dress up and pretending it changed their reality. Just because you play dress up does not change your reality. Do you understand? The reality is the reality. Two plus two is four. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. And God, this God that I'm talking about tonight, I'm, I'm not, I may not even be talking about the same God that your pastor in the church you came from was talking about. I'm talking about the living God. I'm talking about the almighty God. I'm talking about the creator of the heavens and the earth. He has given us his word. But his word does not work equally for everybody. This is apparent. This is obvious. And this generation, you know, this Bernie Sanders generation... See, the church is supposed to be impacting the culture. But the problem is the church has allowed the culture to impact the church. And so this something for nothing mentality is literally everywhere. And so people just chafe at this idea that 
I've got to do something when I approach God. That's what Hebrews 11 is all about. Noah did this, 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 and this. Moses did this, this, and this, and this. And Abraham did this, 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 and this. That's what the Hall of Fame is all about. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And so when he gives us his requirements, they are his requirements. When, when John said repent or perish, that was the truth. And that will never pass away. When Jesus came behind him and said, repent or perish, that was the truth. In Hebrews 11, when it says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. That, that's not a theory. That's not an idea. That's not an opinion. That, that word will stand for millions upon millions upon millions of years. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that what? Haphazardly and carelessly seek him. Is that what it says? No. He is a rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. And so I'm going to just give you some examples and we'll quit. I gave you uh, Philippians 4.19 two weeks ago. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, that is God's statement of fact. That is God's truth, and he stands by it. And he stands by his word and meets the need if he stands by his word and he meets our needs, according to Philippians 4.19, if we stand by his word, confess it, and act like it is so. Look at Matthew 8, 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up, past tense, our infirmities and carried our diseases. Now that's God's statement of fact. That, that's, you know, everybody in 2023 is talking about, well, my reality. Well, this is God's reality. Say it out loud. That's God's reality. That Jesus took up my infirmities and he bore away my diseases. And with his stripes, I've already, I've already been healed. That's, that's God's statement of fact. That's God's truth. And he stands by it. He stands by it. He stands by his word. And he meets the need if we'll stand by it and confess it and act like it's so. 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. What tense is that? By whose stripes you were healed. That's God's reality. That is a statement of fact according to God. And he stands by his word. And he meets the need if we'll stand by it, confess it, and act like it's so. This generation wants God to stand with them, but they haven't taken the time to stand with him. This generation wants God to stand with them, but they haven't taken the time. They don't have the guts to stand upon his word. And I know it's... it's It's just amazing to me. Just amazing to me. I know that word is true, so I do not ask him to heal me. I, I don't ask him to heal me because I am healed. See, I was, I was healed 2,000 years ago. This, the truth is I was healed 2,000 years ago. The truth is, when somebody gets saved, you know last Sunday somebody raised their hand for salvation. When somebody gets saved, does Jesus go to the cross again? No, why? Because the work is done. So the work is done. So on the individual's part, 
their part is to what? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So they hear the word of God. They believe by hearing the word of God, faith springs up in their heart. Then they take action. And then it's required that they confess because the Bible says that whoever believes that God raised Jesus from the dead and confesses with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, shall be saved. So confession is required. Back up at I-30, I used to call this the process of faith. And I used to say that if we would just use the same process of faith that we use on salvation on these other areas of life, then we would get every need met. It is a process. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So I hear the word of God. When I hear the word of God, faith springs up in my heart. Faith springs up in my heart. I take action just like somebody would at an altar call. I take action and then I open my mouth and I confess with my mouth. Same process on everything. Same process on needs met. Same process on healing. Same process, same process, same process. So I have to hear. I have to hear the word. When I hear the word, faith cometh. Faith begins to spring up in my heart. Now, initially, it may, it may, it may sprout. It may sprout. I don't know about your place, but man, everything's alive at my place. And some things that are coming up, I, I don't need them, you know, like weeds. But everything is alive. Man, it's springtime. And then we get this duck weather, this rain. Man, everything is just coming up. And man, it's green. It's coming up. Well, when you hear the word, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you hear the word, maybe it's not faith at the beginning. Maybe it's not faith at the start. Maybe it's hope. Could that be true? Could, that, could, could, I, could I have that? Could that be mine? Maybe it begins as hope. But you keep hearing the word, you keep hearing the word, then that, that hope will evolve to faith. And if you'll take action on it, you yourself can convert hope to faith yourself. Can you see that? See, so somebody hears the word on salvation and a glimmer of hope springs, in their, springs up in their heart. Could that be true? Could what he's saying, could that be true? Could, could that be true? <laughs> you know, there's a man here tonight. Sometimes I'll say, if we could only spend five minutes in hell and five minutes in heaven, we'd live completely, totally different lives. He came up to me after one service. He's here tonight. He said, Pastor, he said, I don't need to spend five minutes in hell because he said, before I got saved, I was living in hell. You know, alcohol addiction and drug addiction and all of this stuff. No, no, no. But the point is, the point is that somebody could be sitting out there thinking, could, could that be true? What he's saying, could, that, could I be saved? Could I be forgiven? Could I be delivered? Could I get free of drugs? Could I get free of alcohol? Could, could, I, could I get out of this apartment? Could I, get, could I get into a house? Is that possible? Is what he's saying possible? And then what happens? What happens? Well, then they, they stand up. What did they do when they stood up? They took action. And then they come forward. And then we lead them in a prayer. And when, when we lead them in a prayer, part of it is we confess Jesus is Lord, according to what Paul wrote. And so they, they heard, faith sprung up, they took action, and then now they confess. And every time you go see a doctor, you do the exact same thing. Every time you go see a banker, you do the exact same thing. Well, you got to fill out these 15 pages. Okay, we do it all the time. We don't even think about it. DocuSign, DocuSign. 
uh, click here, type in your name. How is this even legal? Uh, how do they, how do they, I mean, it's amazing to me, but you know, we do it all the time. Did we read all of that? Talk to me. Did we read all of it? No. Take these pills. Oops, that didn't work. Now try taking these pills. Come back 35 times. Pay the copay every time you go. And we, man, we just, we just follow instructions. What do we do? We hear what they're saying. And then we take action on what they're saying. And then we, <laughs> in the era of the internet, it's worse than ever. We get on the internet, get on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We, we, and we texting everybody, you know, I got X, Y, Z. So I got to do this for, I got to take this drug for 14 days. And, and the doctor says, I'll be okay. The doctor says, I'll be okay. And if 14 days go by and you're not okay, he, you go back to the doctor, he says, oops, well, that didn't work. So now we got to put you on this other. Then you start all over again. You text everybody, tell everybody, well, you know, now I'm on this and the doctor says in 21 days, I'll be through it. The doctor says, I'll be okay. The doctor says, I'll be okay. And we tell everybody we know. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, we got the diagnosis. Jesus took up our infirmities and bore away our diseases Amen. and with his stripes we have been healed. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Well, pastor, you're talking crazy talk. Not after Fauci and Burks. This generation is out of excuses. I said this generation is out of excuses. Socially distanced, invented by a girl in junior high school as a science project. And they're still passing it off as science. How many of you do everything your teenagers tell you to do? That's where it came from. And then the CDC director admit, admits that uh, the vaccines never stopped transmission, never stopped infection. What was it all about? My point is, we hear man, and we, we, we put trust in what man has said, and then we take action on what man has said, and then we confess what man has told us to confess, and you can take that process, and you can apply it to climate change. They're born that way. Pronouns, identity, and everything they're doing, it is faith. Well, you can believe all that CRAP if you want to, but I have decided that I am going to believe the living and enduring word of the living God. Amen. And again, I know I see new faces. There are people who might be thinking, man, he's crazy. I, I don't see the risk. I don't see the risk. Yeah, but you know, you could die doing that. They estimate 600,000 people plus died following these instructions the last couple of years. 600,000 plus. And guess who wasn't one of them? The faith crazy nut. Just go with God. Yeah, but you know, that's just out there. I don't see why. Two weeks ago, we rehearsed 
Philippians 4.19, all my needs are met. All my needs are met. All my needs are met. See, you, you have to get the word of God set in your heart and in your mind like concrete. Because here's what happens. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. We get up in the morning and we pray, thank you, Father God, for meeting all of my needs. And then you get an email from a CPA or you get an email from a banker or you get turned down on a mortgage application and boom, like that, you change your confession. Now, I'm not saying we go tell these lost people what we're thinking. We're smarter than that. But what are we saying? What are we, what are we saying to our husband? What are we saying to our wife? What are we saying to our family? What are we saying... When, when we, we don't think anybody's listening. And now in 2023, you know, everybody's listening all the time, you know, because hard drive space is so cheap. Now they're recording everything. If you're anywhere near your phone, you know, you're, you're being recorded. Everybody, know, they, everybody knows everything. Right. So why, why, and I just said that and nobody re reacted to it. Why would we be shocked that Father God knows everything? And we dealt with this Sunday. Jesus is the high priest of our profession, our homologia. Say the same thing. Jesus is the high priest of our profession, our confession. And so what's he waiting for? Is he waiting for us to give him our theory, our idea, our opinion? Or is he, is he listening for the, for the logos of God? They overcame him, Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the logos of their testimony. And I wrestle with it. I do. Because it's brutal. We had friends in college and I'm sure they never thought we were their peers because they were, they were wired in. They were juiced in. But not us. Sue and I were both first generation Christians. And we're incredibly blessed and they don't have anything. And it works on me. I, I, have to, uh, I have to cope. I got to deal with it. Because this generation will work you over on this. Well, you have so much and, and th they have so little. Well, I believe God. I believe God. And I believe God when it wasn't going my way. And I believe God when it looked dark. And I believe God when it was thin. I believe God when, you know, years during the meltdown, backward, 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 backward. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. And I live long enough to prove it again. I've been here before. You know, I don't know any man, any, anything. And so you can... You can feel bad about that. The devil, the devil, the devil, because he doesn't quit. He doesn't give up. You know, he can make us feel bad about it. But I believe God. I said, I believe God. And I, I took action on the word of God. And when we build phase two, there'll be more criticism. What do you need that for? We don't need it. We want it. What else have we got to do? Let's, uh, let's make a lot of money. Let's tithe on it. Let's give challenge offerings on it. And let's build it. 
and let's move into it and let's just make it as cool as we possibly can. We got nothing else to do. The Lord said, occupy till I come. Well, what else are we going to do? I said, what else are we going to do? May as well succeed. May as well prosper. May as well live in health. May as well be blessed by the Lord. May as well believe God and see what happens. How about your story? My, my, my. What God can do. Bankers say no. You know, everything seemed to go sideways. Just stand on the word. Stand on the word. Stand on the word. And here it comes. You know why? Because he is watching over his word to perform it. He's watching. Not over my theory, my idea, my opinion. He is watching over his word to perform it. Say it out loud. The Lord our God God is watching over his word to perform it. 